going to be trying to equalize here in Novotel uh, more and more so that you know the, the, those who are over at Novotel don't feel left out because they are literally just watching a screen um, every Sunday. But hey, thank you for being here at our service. Um, you know, we've taken a little bit of extra time to review the year because I, I think what can happen as we uh, sit in our rooms through this year, as, we, uh, as this year has kind of just flown past, um, we can forget some of the things that have happened in the year. And so we really wanted to ground the last service of this year in some reflection, real world, in-person reflection. Um, you know, as a church... We have made a, a real-world, in-person impact into other people's lives. Uh, what you haven't heard today, which we had to like, we, oh my goodness, we had to cut a lot of things short, but we've helped Operation Stitches, we've helped Philippines twice uh, over with their COVID relief as well as the uh, flood relief. We've helped um, in India and Sri Lanka as well. And so there have been a range of aid things that have happened. And I, I am so thrilled actually that a church like ours, um, you know, I grew up here in this church. Um, like a church like ours could spend our lockdown year digging deep and helping others and not just thinking um, of ourselves. Let's pray. Father, thank you for setting the example for our lives, for first being generous to us um, and allowing us to follow in your footsteps. In our own strength, we couldn't have done it. We thank you for Jesus Christ, who has won us the victory, who has shown us not just a better way to live, but has bought us the freedom to be able to live in that way. So we, as we reflect on 2020, even as I close the year off with this message, I pray, Lord God, that you would continue to work in and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Hey, we might, we might finish early. <laughs> so I know everyone's got lots of things to do. But hey, I wanted to begin um, today's message. I, I, it's been a very transformative year, as you can imagine. Um, I was particularly uh, touched this year with what's happened with the B White Horse Church's care. And, and you've heard us talk about this quite often. But um, it's, it's transformational. F FGA has been in the White Horse region for 26 years. And now we're in partnership just this year. We've started being in partnership with 20-plus churches from all Christian denominations. Uh, we've been meeting every two weeks as the pastors. Some of us, we've never even met, most of us have not met ever until this year. And now we've become really good friends because through the lockdown, we've met like many, many, many times. Um, and I want to begin today with a quote uh, from the Catholic Pope. Now, while we may not agree on everything, uh, I was actually really uh, blessed when um, Tony Karen from St. Francis Xavier's, you know, shared this at one of our meetings, and then I went and read the latest Pope, um, I don't know, letter, uh, 2T for T or something like, Brothers All, great read. Um, but I want to read this excerpt from it. And, and, you know, like, this is not the Bible, but, you know, take it for whatever it is. And um, he's got some um, commentary on what it's like to dialogue and communicate in today's age. He goes like this. True wisdom demands an encounter 
with reality. Oh yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Today, however, everything can be created, disguised, and altered. A direct encounter, even with the fringes of reality, can thus prove intolerable. A mechanism of selection then comes into play, so you can choose, right? Whereby I can immediately separate my likes from my dislikes, what I consider attractive from what I deem distasteful. In the same way, we can choose the people with whom we wish to share our world. Persons or situations we find unpleasant or disagreeable, they're simply deleted in today's virtual networks. A virtual circle is then created, isolating us from the real world in which we are living. The ability, the ability to sit down and listen to others, typical of interpersonal encounters, is pragmatic of the welcoming attitude shown by those who transcend narcissism. That means they go beyond just thinking of themselves. And accept others, caring for them and welcoming them into their lives. Yet today's world is largely a deaf world. At times, the frantic pace of, of the modern world prevents us from listening attentively to what another person is saying. Halfway through, we interrupt them, wanting to contradict what, has, what he has not even finished saying. We must not lose our ability to listen. Approaching, speaking, listening, looking at coming to know, understanding, to find common ground. All these things are summed up in the one word, dialogue. If we want to encounter and help one another, we have to dialogue. There is no need for me to stress the benefits of dialogue. I, I only have to think of what our world would be like without patient dialogue of the many generous persons who keep families and communities together. Unlike disagreement and conflict, persistent and courageous dialogue does not make headlines, but quietly helps the world live much better than we imagine. And then I want to get to the quote that is right there. Chai, you're running, right? Great. Dialogue is often confused with something quite different. The feverish exchange of opinions on social networks, frequently based on media information, that, that's not always reliable. These exchanges are merely parallel monologues. You're talking, the other person's talking. You're talking, the other person's talking. They might attract some attention by their sharp, aggressive tone, but monologues engage no one, and their content is frequently self-serving and contradictory. You know, we're in this series right now. It's called In Person. All right, This whole month of December, we're trying, we're trying to tackle this topic called In Person. Next slide. 
Uh, it's called in person. And we're trying to look at what is it like, you know, after six months of just like virtually messaging each other, staying at home, you know, we, we've all begun to taste the teenager's life. That's everyone, right? We, we all know now what it's like to be constantly glued to our phone, watching the TV. All the, and so now I feel like when we, we've come out with the in-person series, we have to retrain everybody. Hey, how, how do we talk like normal people? How do, I, how do I listen to you? How do we dialogue together? Instead of just like sending you a WhatsApp, you know, angry WhatsApp, and then you send another one back or whatever it is, forward you 10 Merry Christmas videos or whatever the thing is, and that's me talking to you, right? Um, that's why we're kind of running this series. And so I want to do a very quick recap, if I could. Pastor Benny, he started us off with lessons from the lockdown. I, I really want to encourage you to go back. These messages are online. They're on our YouTube channel, but they're also on our website. And what I like is he's got this one slide in there. Uh, things that you cannot download. Very cool. I only remembered that because my wife saved it as a picture. She like took a photo of the, um, and it popped up. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. There are some things we can't download that we have to experience it in person. Uh, I'll surprise you. You can go back and look at what those things are. Then my wife, Mayan, came up and she spoke, hey, if we are going to catch up in person and we're going to look at what this whole in-person thing is, then we need to cage it in humility. And humility is not just false humility. Right? And again, I'm not going to spoil my wife's message. You can also go back and listen to that. Then we had Major Brian Saunders from the Salvation Army. And he came and he talked about the event that was God coming to earth, right? And, and, and we talk, he spoke specifically about Mother Mary. And what I liked about that, that in-person learning that we can get is, Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. And I don't know if you got that from our message um, last Sunday, but that's the orientation we must have when we meet others in person. So we're not just our own agenda. The world's not created just to make you happy and comfortable. We are the Lord's servant. And what Mary was asked to do, oh my goodness, was not going to be easy. She would watch her own son die. Not just die somewhere in a corner, but publicly on a cross with an excruciatingly painful death. And so she approached her real life saying, I am the Lord's servant. Then on, on Christmas Day, I did a really short message, um, but we talked about how Jesus entered reality, engaged in reality. And that's why we can have that joy, actually, when you discover that our real world is broken and there's things in our world that we couldn't fix even if we had a trillion dollars. And that's why we celebrate Jesus. All right? And then today, we're going to end the year and we're going to talk a little bit about thankfulness. I think if you're going to be engaging with other people, having a thankful disposition, not just helps you with your in-person relationships, it actually, just like... Pope Francis said in the beginning of that quote, it actually reflects wisdom because being thankful is our reality. None of us made the world. 
zero. Being thankful means like we are like children who remember our parents, right? Like all of us, we're not the beginning, we're not the alpha. And so if we want to be wise and if we want to reflect reality, I think we have to be very thankful for the very breath that we have, the very life that we live, and every single thing that we see around us. So it's not just a, a nice thing to do to make more friends, is what I'm trying to say. And so let's delve right into that. We're going to get into today's passage. It's from Luke 17, 11 to 9. I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to talk about three things that come out from this passage. Uh, maybe you've heard this story before. It's pretty short, so I'm going to read it. I, I love Scripture, so we're going to read it as it is in Scripture on the ESV. On the way to Jerusalem, this is Jesus, right? On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers. Now, lepers had such skin disease, a very contagious skin disease. So as, as you know, they were quarantined. Surely something we can all understand. But they were quarantined outside of the city. They had to announce their arrival. They had to like walk in. Instead of wearing a mask, you know, that might signal you're sick, they had to go, unclean, unclean, coming unclean. And everybody would just part, right? So he entered a village and he was met by 10 lepers. They could not cure this thing. Who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when Jesus, when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priest. What that means is, Jesus didn't like lay hands on them, pray for them, do some big, nothing. He just went, Go, show yourself to the priest. Because the priest was the only person who could verify you clean. Right? And so they had to take a little bit of a step of faith. Nothing happened. Like, they go, go to the priest. The priest is just going to tell them the same thing that they've known for a very, very long time, that they are unclean and they are lepers. Obviously, very obvious if you have a skin disease. It's not an inside heart. You know, like bitterness in your heart and no one can tell, right? Okay, so, but as they went, they were cleansed. Uh, that is a pretty amazing story in and of itself. But that's not what we're going to focus on, all right? So many miracles in the Bible, lots of things happen. Maybe if you hang around at church next year, we'll have much more time to unpack the stories of the Bible. But let's go to the second part of this. So all 10 of them got healed. Then one of them, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back. So they've gone to the priest. They've all now been like healed. The priest is like, you're good to go, you know, done the body check or whatever it is. He turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Oh, now we're getting to the point of why Jesus is telling this story, right? Why, why Luke is recounting the story of what Jesus has done, sorry, right? Why, what is the point? Sure, there was a miracle, but Jesus did many miracles. There's a point to this particular passage. Now, he was a Samaritan. The Bible goes out of his way to sort of say, this is not one of like God's churchy church people. This is not one of the Jews. 
In fact, he was an outsider. Then Jesus answered, wait a minute. Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Something was off, and Jesus noticed it. It gets called out in this passage. Where, where was the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God? Would no one except this foreigner? And he said to them, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Let me just tell you, Jesus was not impressed by the nine people he healed and didn't even come back to say thanks. So let's look at three things that we can learn from this passage. All right? Firstly, um, okay, lack of gratitude, lack of thankfulness, it's a very tricky concept to grapple with because you can feel the offense if somebody is not thankful. Okay, you've done something, you can feel it. But they actually haven't done anything to you. They've just not done something. They, they didn't hit you. They didn't like steal anything or, right? They, they've just not said thank you. So it's, it's kind of hard to admit. And then also what happens is if somebody is ungrateful, like they tend to go, like if someone is ungrateful to me, right? I don't run around saying like if it was John Paul, I don't go, hey, John Paul, you forgot to say thank you to me. You know, that last time I bought you Maccas. Hey, you, and you forgot to, like, basically, I just mentally go, oh, John Paul didn't say thanks. He's like a unthankful person. I mentally go that. I can imagine even as I'm talking, there are, there are some sitting right here thinking right now that I am an unthankful person. I guarantee you. You've some point in time this year or before thought, hey, this, this pastor at FGA, he's so unthankful. I have been, I've been serving every week. I've been doing this. And he, has, he walked right past me and didn't even say thank you. And you don't tell me that. I mean, maybe sometimes, maybe you complain to my mom and then she tells me or whatever, right? But most of the time, most of the time, it doesn't come back to me. So there's a lot of the effect of unthankfulness that just sits out there. So what the first point I want to bring up is that uncommunicated thankfulness is received as unthankfulness. I know it's a tricky concept to, to grasp, and I want to thank you know Pastor Andy Stanley for sort of um, explaining this concept. Uh, but let me see if I can unpack it a little bit for you. These nine lepers, do you think they were actually very happy they got healed? I'm sure they were. I'm sure in their heart of hearts, they might even have been thankful to Jesus. You know why? Because they cried out for help for Jesus. It was Jesus who healed them. They went out and they're like, "Woo, we're healed. So at some, I think it's not unreasonable to imagine that these guys in their heart were thankful. Right? I think if you look around, like, it's possible that we can be thankful for many, 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 many things. We're just like, oh, man, I'm really thankful for this. I'm so thankful for my wife. I'm so thankful for my husband. You never say it. 
oh my goodness, like, I told my wife I loved her 20 years ago. Should be good enough, you know. But oh man, I love her. I'm so thankful for her. Whatever it is. I'm not doubting the fact that you are, you're, you're thankful. I can imagine that we have a lot of people that are thankful. The problem, the problem is, which is the problem that is in this passage, is that the nine lepers didn't come back and express their thankfulness. When we forget that step of expressing our thankful, which is why we actually have taken some time in our service today. You're probably wondering, why did we take 10, 15 minutes of our whole service, you know, to have people come over and say thank you, you know. And it, Let me tell you why. It is important to give people an opportunity to say thanks, but to also train ourselves to say thanks. That's the point for today. Because just feeling thankful inside and not saying it can come across as unthankful. That's literally what happened in this passage. That's why Jesus goes, hey, where are the nine? Why didn't they come? Why didn't they why didn't even um, come around? Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? I want to bring out another sort of small point, if I could. I want to, let's be really practical here at church, all right? Like, if you've been at FJ for a long while, you know we try to keep it as real as we can. I think you have to be super careful if you grew up at church. I grew up at church. I married a, a wife who didn't grow up at church. So for her, she chose Christianity. She chose God and she saw the benefits of God and the goodness of God. Me, I take it for granted. God should be good. Of course he should bless me. God should be... We just sang a song. I saw my pastor walk around. Oh, bless you, your children, your children. Why are my children not blessed? I got nothing to be thankful for. My parents, my parents should always be loving me. They should always be good. Why do I have Christian parents and they are terrible? You have to watch something. Let me just really, I, it's very important because in this passage, Jesus singles out the one person who didn't even grow up at church, who has recognized how great a miracle it is. It's, it's almost by presumption that the other nine would, were religious, right? Why didn't the nine say thanks? You know Why? It's just what happens when you're around Jesus. They do miracles. You don't have to say thanks to the media team, the worship team. You don't need to say thanks. You know, that's just what churches do. My mom has to forgive me. My dad has to, my husband has to understand. My wife has, like, that, that's just it. I don't even have to say thank you because I grew up at church. These are things that we expect. And I think Jesus highlights that effect. So, point one is uncommunicated thankfulness is received as unthankfulness. And I hope today, if you write that down, you think, oh my goodness, I better correct that. Because I bet you, in each of our hearts, we are very thankful for things. I bet you, if you looked inside, we have much to be thankful for. And quite often, we forget to communicate it. Okay, point two. That's only three, so we'll definitely finish by 11.45. And please, this is not a precedent for next year. Next year, our services will go very much longer. Okay, great. 
Point two. Point two. All right. Give reasons for thankfulness. There is another dynamic that is happening in our world today. And I just want to call it out. And I, I know these are like quite complicated kind of concepts. So I'm hoping that you can think it. I'll try my best to explain it. We now would rather pay somebody to do something rather than ask for help. These lepers, they're like, Jesus, Jesus, help me. I got nothing to offer. It's not a transaction. I can't really pay you, Jesus. You're not. Jesus, help me, help me. I need your help. I'm beyond help. And, and, and in our culture today, as we're growing up here in, 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 in Australia, sometimes it's just very hasslesome. You know, it's like, it's, i got to ask somebody for help. And then now I have to say thank you. To, oh, I have to say thank you to them. Ah, terrible. I owe them now. So you know what? It's okay. I will, I will Uber Eats my thing. I'll pay somebody to, 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 to do the delivery or to fix my stuff. I won't, I won't ask somebody for a favor at all because then I have to be thankful. That's not good. That's not good. If we were designed to actually need help and to help. And one of the great things about in-person, so we're doing an in-person series, is that when we relate in person, we realize, we realize actually that we have many shortcomings and that we do indeed need one another. I remember when uh, Man and I, we moved to Chicago to do uh, my master's uh, to study theology, right? Um, and uh, we di- didn't make many friends on the street that we were living in, right? Because we were, we were brand new and we, for some random reason, decided to move to Chicago in December, in winter. Like, when I grew, grew up in Malaysia, right? Don't actually know what a cold, snowy winter is like. You know, we'd wake up one day, and there'd be this much snow, like, from here to here, covering our driveway. Our driveway was from here all the way to that door, right? And I'm like, oh, it's, ah, it's okay, it's okay. I will shovel it. <laughs> shoveled snow in my life. I'm like, I'm going for like 15 minutes and I've only gone like this far because I can only carry like one spadeful of snow, which turns out is very heavy. You may not know this, but when your snow is this high, you can only cut like that much of snow each time and then a little spade amount. So you're like, eh. <laughs> it took me like ages. Anyway, we had to ask for help. We had to ask for help. And we, uh, my neighbor had a snow blower. They live in the place, right? And I think, like, so good. So good. Anyway, but what it did was it helped us make friends. We got to know our neighbors really well, and we're still in contact to them, with them till today. In fact, our kids are still in contact with their kids, right? It's okay to ask for help and to give help. I would hope that as we get back to in-person uh, relationships, we're out of our homes, we're catching up with other people, can I encourage you over this period, if you have had a rough time and it's been a difficult year, reach out to one of your friends 
just say, hey, you know what? I know we haven't been in contact much. Can we catch up for a cup of coffee? Can we go, can I, I just, hey, I could really use your friendship right now. It's okay. That's okay. It's good. Because then it will give you a reason to be thankful for that relationship. These are things that are a crucial part of our healing. That's why in this scripture, it begins with these lepers and they ask for help. This is not a transaction. They ask for help. And then finally, oh wow, this is like so fast. Very cool. Finally, point number three. Thankfulness is actually needs to be for us a way of life. A way of life. Thankfulness should not be a condition upon good things happening to us. Because how could we, how could we in a year like 2020 finish the year with a message on thankfulness? How could we even do that with so many, you know, you heard me talk over Christmas. Um, uh, we've had attempted suicide. One of my friends, their kids uh, committed suicide, right? We've had so many counseling issues through the year. Uh, all you need to do is just go up to Paul and ask him to tell you maybe how rough some of the ex-convicts had it this year. I've talked to people who've lived alone, who've had really difficult time living by themselves, right? We've had people struggle with their, with their children, Locked at home, people struggle with their own spouses, seeing them too much. You know, like all kinds of things. And that is just only in Australia, not counting Philippines or India or some of the other places that we've supported where there is no government aid. So it's not been a good year. I, I don't think it needs to be overstated. It was not a good year. So how can we be thankful? You know, these lepers, they... These lepers, they could have said after Jesus healed them, hey, if you could heal me, why did I lose 10 years of my life? Hey, if, if, if you could heal me, you could have just done that all along, like within your power and ability, then why on earth was I, from my childhood till now, whatever it is, living in the outskirts of the city, you know, struggling with life. Why? They could have, at that moment, instead of turning towards thankfulness for the thing that has happened to them that was good, they could have focused on the things that were bad. And as we look back in this year, I'm certain we can find things that are, were bad. And I am convinced that these lepers they would have been able to find bad things without even trying. If, if, if we have to think hard about it, they don't even have to. If you live in their life as a leper in, the, in those days, they would have been spat upon, they would have been despised. You know, talk about being bullied. They would have been, like, abused in those days. So how can it be? I think it makes it more special that one of them returned and was thankful. I think what happened with this person is that he had taken on thankfulness as a way of life. 
as a way of approaching life. Um, and he, it's a kind of disposition where you say, uh, I'm not going to presume. I'm not going to take for granted. God doesn't actually have to give me breath. He doesn't actually have to make my life amazing. Yet, here I am. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for my breath. Thank you, God, for my children. Thank you, God, for this country. Thank you, God, for, like, it's a, it's a way of life. It matches up, actually, with reality. So let's read some passages that, that kind of cement that for us. Okay, uh, let's go to the next one. Next slide. The Bible verses. Okay, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What? In all circumstances. What is the Bible trying to get to? Next passage goes in, in the Old Testament, in Psalms. It says, um, praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to God for what? For he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. You know what? God was good before you even came about. God was good before your parents were even born. God was good, and that is why we even have an opportunity at life. So let's be thankful for God, because he's good. Next slide. It says kind of the same thing in 1 Corinthians. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Steadfast love. When your steadfast love endures forever, it sticks through the good and the bad times. And then I think I just want to end with this. I'm going to invite our worship team up. Um, I want to end with Colossians 2, 6 to 7. Because yeah, I know in this congregation right here, here at church, you know, quite a lot of us are Christians. Quite a lot of us are Christians. If you're here and you're not a Christian, you're, you're visiting church, can I encourage you to... Um, Begin a journey of exploration that looks at Jesus, who Jesus was. Look at why Christianity talks in depth about trying to transform not just the world that we are in, but transforming our own lives so that we reflect Jesus. It, it, it says things like this passage. Right? The Bible says things like this. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so... Walk in Him. Walk in Him means like walk Jesus in you, within you, before you, behind you, whatever it is, right? Like walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith. Great, great. Just as you were taught, fantastic. You know, I know so many of you went to Christian education classes this year and we're all like, great, great, we've been taught. What, 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 what? Abounding in thanksgiving. That is the correct disposition for a Christian to be in. That is the correct, I would put it to you, even if you're not a Christian, it is the correct disposition for everyone to be in. Because we all are standing on the shoulders, not just of someone else. We're standing in a world that we did not make. And so, uh, we're going to take one minute right now. You're going to take off your phones. If you could have your phones out or a piece of paper, I would like us to write down some names of people that we'd like to thank before this year is over. Just going to have your phone out. It's fine. They're going to 
play some music for, for a minute, and then we're going to end the year with a bang. But you, we'll do one minute. We'll do one minute. And because unexpressed thankfulness is received as unthankfulness, right? So I know we're all, I know we're all thankful. I know we have people to, that we would like to thank. We can send them a WhatsApp message later or better still in person, thank them. Give them a call, say thank you. Uh, you can send them a gift, right? Or, or, you know, but message is also okay, I guess, right? Like, but right now, every single person, if you're here in the, our final message of the year, let's train ourselves to be thankful. I, I want to say thank you to, to so many people here at FGA. It's been a really, really tricky year, and I can, as you can imagine, for pastors and for churches. But we have really, I'm so thankful for so many of you who have lightened this load, who have helped us reflect Christ this year. I, I'm actually very thankful. And I'm sorry if I haven't come up to you individually to say thank you. I will endeavor to do so, actually. Uh, this message has been equally convicting for myself as well. We can all improve in thankfulness. So if you could, let's just write down right now. I know you're all, so get your phones, write down. Don't check your messages. Just write down. Who is God bringing to mind? Who is the Holy Spirit? Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your coworker, your boss, your friend. Just write down a few names. Because then you can take actual action after today. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for 2020. Above all of the people that we would like to thank, we want to thank you. We thank you, Lord God, because you are a good God. Oh my goodness, God, if you were bad, we would have been gone a long time ago. So we thank you that you are good. Help us to see your goodness. Help us to see your steadfast love that persists in loving us even though we have been unfaithful, even though we still have such a long way to go. Thank you, God, for 2020. Thank you for Jesus Christ who came to seek and save the lost. We commit this year into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay.